this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. You know, all the talk about Disneyland and the entire Disneyland Resort opening, I just felt like, boy, we've got to do some, some podcasts that celebrate all things at the Disneyland Resort. And I felt like, well, with Disney California Adventure celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, I thought we should pay homage to what I think are five great things, five little gems about the park that were there on opening day, but are no longer really among us. Disney California Adventure, well, you probably know the story about that. It didn't start off well. It had a lot of problems and it took a lot of money and a lot of time to fix it. Yeah, there were some attractions like Soren that were fantastic on opening day and, and they're still around even today. Some modified, but some very much there. Still, other things that added to the experience, and even if I should say the park soul, is no longer there. We want to explore five of those things and what ultimately came in their wake. Make sure you check out our post at disneyatplay.com as we have a number of images over the years, historic images as well as some videos, and we just want you to be able to understand what this park was like on opening day. It wasn't all bad, it's just there wasn't as much that really was great. These five things we're going to talk about, I think they were pretty good. In fact, I think they were great, but they stood alone and in that lonely place, they just couldn't withstand time and other things came in its wake. Better things, to be honest. Disney California Adventure today is a great park and I highly recommend it. I love spending time there but I miss these five little gems. And I think it's worthy to talk about what they were and how they added to the park since opening day. Well, number five on our list is what I refer to as the Wall of Fame. It's, I don't have another image or name for it. Uh, it was simply very large sets of mosaic tiles. It, it wasn't even an attraction per se, but it was the attraction that led you into the park. The original intent, uh, and I think this was designed by Tim Delaney, was to create a sort of postcard so that when you arrived, when you arrived, which again, remember Disney California Adventure sat on the other side of the promenade from Disneyland and so it needed to attract you and since the theme of the park was about celebrating all things California what the park entrance was was a sort of postcard that you walked into and of course many postcards especially those that that have some history behind them always had colorful letters in front and in this case the letters of California were just big letters that stood out in front. But beyond it were these two big sets of murals. Now, many components of the what made this total postcard image 
were really, uh, they were poorly done. And um, Golden Gate Monorail Bridge, I'm looking at you. Because that looked so dysfunctional. It looked so um, cryptic and and condensed. And it just didn't even look like it should have. But some pieces of this entrance were really iconic. Included, as I mentioned, were the letters for the word California. Each individually showcased in the front. It was a great place to grab a photo of you and the family, especially if your first name or last name began with one of the letters in California. These were done with tiles in each letter. And I have to say, I love tiles because even though they are really broken ceramics, when you put them together, they become art. They become greater than their individual pieces. They become a whole that comes alive. And, and so I love tiles. And, and, and having tiles in each of these California letters, oh, that was totally working for me. The letters stood at about 11 feet, 8 inches tall. They weighed, depending on the letter itself, between 5,000 and 13,000 pounds each. I'm thinking the letter I was the 5,000 pound one. Um, but uh, any rate, together they were the front part of this postcard. Then beyond it came the entrance of the park and flanking on both sides was this tiled wall of fame. It was a massive pair of tiled murals that, that kind of represented all of California. It was a, it was a representation uh, the um, the tops of it were outlined with California mountains, um, and then it depicted snow-capped peaks, Pacific waves, national forests, and key California landmarks like Catalina Island and the LAX terminal in Los Angeles. All these, by the way, were conceived and painted by Imagineer Tim Delaney. Each mural on both sides was 210 feet long and they were really stunning creations they were beautiful i've got a couple of images on my on my uh on my website and they just really captured it it kind of they were a little represented they're kind of like the tiles at the entrance to the land pavilion only those tiles really just represent the soil and the earth this represented the whole of california and i I really love the images uh, considerably. But eventually all of this was removed. The whole depiction didn't work well. Yes, Golden Gate Bridge, I'm looking at you. But, um, but the whole of it didn't work. And really Imagineer's idea to come up with something that paralleled Main Street USA in the form of Buena Vista Street was and is brilliant. I love Buena Vista Street, but I can actually stand at the entrance to the street and look at a set of restrooms and remember when there was a tile wall standing in front of all of this. The California letters were um, actually donated eventually to the California State Fair facility in Sacramento. They stand at the entrance there today, so they haven't been entirely lost. Uh, however, it seems that the mural has suffered a more unfortunate fate. I'm not aware. Let me know if it's otherwise. But I think because of its size, they just weren't able to really 
uh, maintain it. And that would have been, that was unfortunate. I would have loved to have seen maybe some of Downtown Disney or some other future project inherit these tiles. And maybe they've managed to keep a portion of them, but at this point, they're no longer to be found uh, at the entrance. The new entrance, it's great. Still, this, these, this artwork in the form of tile, they were a fantastic part of what made California Adventure work originally. By the way, I say California Adventure because Disney California Adventure is the title today, but originally it was called Disney's California Adventure with the plur with the uh, apostrophe. So, so I'm going to be interchangeable there, but so you know that's that's the case there. So that was number 5, the Wall of Fame. Number 4 was just in the entrance to the park and it was the Golden Zephyr. During the years following World War II, millions of travelers arrived in the Golden State from Chicago aboard the Western Pacific California Zephyr. The park, uh, when they were building Disney California Adventure, found an actual locomotive, a real Zephyr, and they had it transported by flatbed truck out to the park. Um, the train um, then, with its uh, created... Um, um, uh, cabins greeted guests as, uh, um, as they entered the Sunshine Plaza. If you were facing into the park, it sat on the right of the entrance leading out to Condor Flats. So literally, the train kind of took you from the entrance of the park all the way out to, to the Condor Flats area. And, um, and each of the individual cars of the train had entrances put into them so that they became the foyers to um, the first thing was engineer engineers toys uh, which was a toy shop on the right side right toward the entrance and by the way many of the original attractions such as the orange stinger and the um the uh, uh king a triton carousel were sold as toys, as well as a complete version, as well as the monorail, obviously, and also a complete version of California Screamin', um, or a replicate of it. Um, and these were some of the toys sold. They, they had really cool toys in the Engineer Toys. But they also had um, a Baker's Field, as in Bakersfield, California, a Baker's Field Bakery and Coffee Roaster. And this is before Starbucks took over, obviously and Burbank ice cream. Burbank is the headquarters for the Walt Disney Company. So these were these were clever titles and uh, they were great places to grab a snack as you were heading into the park. So the train with its individual cars, um, there was seating along the line, uh, along the edge there with um, kind of making it look like a train depot with lots of chairs and tables. It, it really was a very, um, it was really very clever. Um, and, and I, what I liked about it is it stood as something very authentic, very themed, very much of the level that Disney California Adventure is today. The problem is, is that the rest of the park around it was not up to that same level of detail. And so when they ended up changing it over to Buena Vista Street, it was part of what was 
um, well, eventually removed. Now, the cool thing is, is, and I have a video of this on my webpage, the Disneyland Resort eventually cal uh, donated that train engine to the uh, Western Pacific Railroad Museum. And so it actually still exists if you go to that location. You can see a video of it being transferred. So that's a great ending for that train. And again, it was so symbolic of what could be, especially in the entrance of the park that just didn't exist in most of the storefronts and portions that were uh, icons that made up the entrance to the park. That was number four. Number three was King Triton's Carousel. I always wondered why this carousel was named after King Triton and not Ariel the Little Mermaid herself. It dawned on me as I was preparing this that really King Triton was a nod, um, kind of a point match to the carousel at Disneyland, which is named after who? King Arthur. So we have a King Arthur carousel and we have a King Triton carousel. And I guess that's why they chose to name it after Triton. Triton actually was depicted in a massive way at the entrance of the restrooms, which were behind uh, the uh, carousel. They, those restrooms are still behind the carousel today. But the carousel, as we knew it back at the opening of Disney California Adventure, is no longer there. Um, now, this carousel was much smaller. I think there's 72 steeds on King Arthur Carousel here, which featured... 200 sea chariots and 56 sea creatures um, that were uh, native to the Pacific Ocean and to the California coast, such as seahorses, flying fish, whales, um, and uh, sea lions, otters, so forth. Um, purists will point out that it was misnamed as any carousel that features animals other than horses is actually called a merry-go-round and not a carousel. But notwithstanding, uh, it it was still called a carousel. Now, what I loved, and Tim Delaney, again, his artistry shows up here. He designed many of the sea creatures that were just beautifully designed. They had great detail and a terrific color palette that made the whole carousel just really stand alive. And I really quite liked it. I didn't care much for the canopy. It was a little different. Um, but what I really loved about the carousel is that there, you know how on King Arthur's carousel, you have different emblems along the outer rim that showcased, well, actually, I think they're on the inner rim, maybe, but anyway, the outer rim, I think, of King Arthur's Carousel that shows different points of the story of Sleeping Beauty, which makes no sense because it's King Arthur's Carousel, but notwithstanding, that's what you see on the outer side, and, and at Walt Disney World, it's, it's depictions of Cinderella. Here they depicted um, different... Uh, different um, piers, California amusement piers that were found up and down the coast. And uh, and by the way, the store at the, at the front of Paradise Pier also featured the same piers and some of the early 
um, amusement ride vehicles that were found here. But I love the fact that they celebrated these different piers. And on my uh, post that I have at DisneyAtPlay.com, I list the different piers that are acknowledged. Piers such as Santa Monica Pier, which a lot of people are familiar with, but others less known, such as New Pike in Long Beach or Ocean Park Pier in Ocean Park. I grew up in on the coast in uh, San Diego during our summers. We spent a lot of time in and around Belmont Park, which is one of the piers listed. By the way, the nearby gift shop also acknowledged many of these uh, same piers and their contribution as well as some of the ride vehicles and and just different different images and so forth of these piers it was part well it is part of california's history so um that's why i really i really quite like it now today it's jesse's critter carousel which means there's not just horses and so really it's technically a merry-go-round not a carousel but still it's now taken that place and it helps to tie in the nearby Toy Story mania. But that's one of my challenges with Pixar Pier. All the individual components are great, but you have Incredibles mushed up against um, Toy Story, mushed up against uh, in, um, Inside Out and other things. And it's just, it's all a mesh. And I, I'm, that's why it's... I, I, I have a little bit of concern, but this is not a podcast about that. What I would say is I wished that one of two things would have happened with the carousel. First of all, I never could understand why that carousel, all themed to Little Mermaid, wasn't near Jumpin' Jellyfish on the other side of the pond there. It seems like together they would have made a great collection. And now up against um, Ariel's Undersea Adventure right there. It would have been a great little collection altogether. That's said and done. Uh, most people don't know that at Tokyo Disney Sea, that the Little Mermaid section of that park actually has a jumping jellyfish as well. I think they should be taking these horses and adding a carousel feature to Tokyo Disney Sea. I mean, they've got that. The only problem with that is that Tokyo Disney Sea already has a carousel, and that carousel is two stories, and it's located right next door in the Arabian Bazaar section. It's all themed to Aladdin, which is a, a cool carousel too, although it has camels, so maybe it should be called Merry-Go-Round. At any rate, all said and done, it was a gem in its time. It had to be taken out because it was out of place but I wish there was still another place for it, especially when there, the, the other side of the pond still has the um, Jumpin' Jellyfish attraction. I could see that still very much fitting in that area, although two carousels, who are we kidding? Anyway, that is number three, King Triton's Carousel, or I think the official title was King Triton's Carousel of the Sea. Number two, this is golden dream now technically this theatrical attraction was no american adventure still this presentation was intended to honor the state of california in the same way the american adventure honors the united states in this attraction whoopi goldberg was your host for the experience. Yeah, you didn't have Ben Franklin or Thomas Jefferson, but you had Whoopi Goldberg. 
Um, although I will also say that wasn't the only attraction. Superstar Limo, which is a conversation for another time. It's on the top five attractions that went away that should have gone away. Um, that's another list. But she actually showed up in that attraction as well in Superstar Limo. She didn't have an animatronic like Ben Franklin or Tommy. No, this, this, this was made in budget cuts as every attraction was in that park, which is part of the problem. Um, rather, she was a, kind of a uh, bas-relief face on the wall and then uh, projections were made on that to make her come alive. That was kind of the cheap part of the experience. Still, she was a great hostess and narr narrator of that uh, film and the movie itself. That movie had substance and it was impressive in its own right. The 22 minute film was shown in a 350 seat Art Deco film. Um, it explored the pioneering lives of people who made California a reality, from the Chumash Indians to 49ers, Chinese railroad builders, farmers fleeing the Dust Bowl, women working during World War II, Hollywood moguls like uh, Judy Garland, and even, um, uh, well, actually, Judy Garland wasn't in there, but it was actually a conversation um, about uh, Wizard of Oz, and even Steve Jobs is uh, his experience is depicted in there. Um, uh, Whoopi actually played the role of Khalifia. I think that's how I would best pronounce that, um, and who was actually a legendary queen from a what I believe was a fifteen ten Spanish novel that first kind of described. Um, described uh, California. And there was actually a mural outside the theater that showed her um, and uh, with the bear from, you know, the, the California state bear uh, depicted there as well as people from all over. You know, in a time of, you know, it's unfortunate that so much has happened where we have become so ripped apart um, because of color and race. This film did so much to show how, for instance, Chinese immigrants came across uh, this, the ocean to help uh, make California the reality it is today. Um, and yet we're dealing with people who are hurting um, older Asian citizens um, this is just so sad. I, that's why I kind of think this film should not have left. Um, now, what does remain is the exterior replica of Bernard Maybach's uh, Palace of Fine Arts from San Francisco, that rotunda uh, that you can find in, I believe it's Golden Gate Park. It is now the entrance to the Little Mermaid Ariel's Undersea Adventure. Um, that too is a great attraction and, and should be in Disney California Adventure. But in my opinion, this film is still pretty timeless and could be shown, in my opinion, especially with the park's 20th anniversary. Now, the anniversary has just been kind of nearly forgotten because of the pandemic. But if I were to do one thing to honor 
the park's 20th anniversary, I would take that film and put it and display it in a smaller format in the Blue Sky Cellar. You just use Whoopi's um, uh, voice. You don't have to have the, the statue of Califia or the, 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 the head of Califia. But the song at the end of this film is just beautiful. And honestly, in my opinion, it is, um, it is at the same level of um, as, as Golden Dream is for the American Adventure. This film, Just One Dream, was performed by Heather Headley, um, an actress who uh, was probably best known for originating the parts of, of Nala in the Broadway version of The Lion King and also the title character uh, in Aida, which I had a chance to see uh, on Broadway back in 2001, I wanna say. And she's, she's a talent and she depicts it beautifully in this song, which is a montage to all the people of California. It's a fantastic film and I would really encourage the company who is really trying to focus on inclusion. I think you need to come back to this, even if you had to make some changes to the montage at the end, update it or whatever. I think it is worthy of inclusion in the park. If you want to celebrate the diversity of California, you have never built a better attraction than um, Golden Dream. That music um, from that show brings me to the number one thing, the number one gem I feel is missing from uh, the original Disney's California Adventure. And that gem is actually um, music. <laughs> Take a drive along the beautiful I think that uh, there are a number of songs that really um, just come alive and are really great pieces. When you enter the original Disney's California Adventure, you are treated to a wide variety of music that celebrated California um, from um, California Here I Come by Al Jolson to um, California Dreamin', that's um, by the Mamas and Papas, is that correct? Um, also some original pieces were built, On the Edge is a, a great little piece and Feels Alright is even a better piece. I love that song and it just gives me a lot of energy I've played that piece many a time on my way, flying over and heading over to Los Angeles from, from Orlando. I love that song, Feels Alright. Feels alright, 
There are other pieces in the original soundtrack that maybe, eh, maybe ought not uh, be continued um, or remembered too much. The, they did the soundtrack for Superstar Limo there. And I will say the song, the music is probably the best part of that attraction, but that's not saying a whole lot. Um, there's also the chase and finale music to what was... Um, what was the uh, original what was the original show there that I couldn't even find a YouTube video on this, but there was a show called Lights Camera Cast. It was a stunt show that was held on the backlot side of, of Hollywood land. And uh, and so you you could hear the music of that. Um there are a couple of pieces Actually, out of 13 soundtracks, there are only two soundtracks that still play at Disney's California Adventure today. One is Soren, which is clearly the best piece out of all of these. No, hands down, Soren is beautiful. And the original version of Soren, which honors California, is the best version of Soren. Um... And the second one, I think, is still at Disney's California Adventure. I couldn't tell you for sure, but it's the bakery theme song, which it sounds like it wouldn't be much of a song, but it really has a nice little tune to it. And I think it's still played in the background, at least, when you visit the bakery there um, at Disney California Adventure. Um, Beauty and the Bees and It's Tough to Be a Bug are still available at Disney's Animal Kingdom, but that attraction has been completely removed and the new Spider-Man attraction is coming there shortly, so that's gone. Um, there are some really, but others, Just One Dream is one of those songs on the album. Uh, this is one that really I love and I don't even drink, but with, there was a Seasons of the Vine medley written and I think it's a it's a beautiful little piece and uh, you the last time I saw the piece it's a it's part of a video that shows the history of making wine out of grapes and everything um, and it actually was shown in um, the wonders of life theater the making of me theater at Epcot during the food and wine festival um, but it's a nice little video, and, and the music's better than the video, in my opinion. Uh, a couple other pieces that stand out. Um, one is Eureka, a California parade. Their first parade was a celebration of the peoples of California. And it was a crazy, crazy parade song. Feel the music, you don't even have to ask.
Um, but you know what? It, it kind of worked. It, the floats were kind of weird. The costumes were cool. The concept was great. And the music was fantastic in my view. I think that's a winner. If you, and I've included a video of this, the first show that happened in the theater there at Hollywoodland was a show called Steps in Time, which, so you understand, Disney California Adventure wanted to be a departure from Disneyland. Disneyland shows were filled up, filled with Kids of the Kingdom type shows, song and dance shows. This is that, but it's rad and it's hip. really supports any classic Disney song. It's the 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 presentation is interesting. The choice uh it's I, I you just have to see the video. But I have to say the music, particularly the song Step in Time from Mary Poppins, which is the concluding piece, is a really great piece to this album. And I really love it. Uh I really love it. And then there's one final piece that I really love that while the ride is still there, uh, it has been transformed into Incredicoaster. California Screamin' was the name of the ride originally. And I think there were problems with the quality of detail put into the, to the entrance, the queue and, and the boarding area. But the ride was as great as it ever is. And the music, was clever. this kind of rock component that went with calliope sounds and it was a terrific piece now of course the music today I, there's so many I mean, you know you think about things like world of color you know how can you or or the songs that come out of radiator springs right now or even um out of the parade um yeah it just there's so many great pieces of music today, but there were some really great pieces back then too, that for whatever reason, the attractions really didn't work, so the songs 
uh, ended as well. And it's, it's emblematic of, of many things. There were some really great little pieces, really great little gems at Disney California Adventure. But unfortunately, they were incomplete or they were part of a larger, more disappointing um, attraction experience. And so they haven't lived uh, over time. But I think they needed to be honored. And I think the 20th anniversary of Disney's California Adventure is a great time to honor that. Well, that concludes our podcast for today. I hope that uh, you've had a chance to celebrate in your own mind, your own memories of Disney's California Adventure. If you've never been, you know what? This pandemic's gonna end soon. Make plans because I think there's so much at Disney's California Adventure to see and you won't want to miss it. It's a truly remarkable park um, with Disney's Grand California attached to it. There's so much to love about that park as is the entire Disneyland Resort. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. We appreciate your patronage. If you haven't had a chance, please sign up to our Wayfinder Society. It's our Patreon page where you have a chance to help support the podcast, but in return, you get access to interactive uh, experiences that help you explore the parks in new ways with lots of different multimedia attached to it. It's really a very different, very cool thing. Please check us out there. We want you to be a part of that experience. And, uh, and make sure you also subscribe to our YouTube page, J. Jeff Cover, where we have um, lots of videos that come up there. You want to be um, uh, notified when those come out. If you have a chance and you like the podcast, please head over to iTunes. It's there where you can give a great rating or review. That helps us, the littlest podcast that could, get in front of other people and kind of share the magic with others. So if you get a chance, please head over there and give us a good rating. Finally, in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.